The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love in Sarah's Kitchen. Welcome to the DL Debate with me, your host, Brendan Devenny. This is your weekly GA roundup of Donegal GA and across the Northwest. Uh, later in the show, we're going to hear from former Tyrone star and a man recently in the Antrim hot seat of county management. It is Enda McGinley. And we're going to be talking to him about all matters GA, but also he'll be giving us an insight and the county management now and the time constraints and that and everything involved in it. It should be a, a fascinating chat coming up later. We'll also be speaking later on the show to Ryan Ferry of the Donegal News as he rounds up the junior and intermediate championships from the weekend and look ahead to next weekend's fixtures. But first of all, I'm going to speak to a man uh, that's doing a bit on Highland and doing it well. He's a Dr. Maguire winner as a player and a manager. It is the BK, Brendan Kilcoyne. Brendan, how are you this evening? I'm very good, Brendan, and yourself. Oh, listen, tearing away, lad, tearing away. Listen, we had a we had a nice day in the sun yesterday, myself and yourself. We were we were sent out by the by by, by Oshin there to do a bit of reporting and uh we, we had a couple of interesting games, but it was a nice day for it. It was lovely, Brendan. Yeah, it was really warm actually. So it was down Mount Charles at the game. It's kind of in a bowl and it was really warm. Now there was a bit of a breeze blowing, but it was a lovely day, a good day to be out, Brendan. Good to be back at it. You the factor on the shorts. No, but I got the head burned to me because <laughs> the factor was left in the house and I don't take to the sun very well, Brendan, without the factor. <laughs> that's an Amy's thing. Eh? We, we put the factor on this is a blistering day as well. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get sense yet. Get your, get your cream on. That's that's the message here. Brendan, tell me, uh, just before we get into the championship, Brendan, I see the Donegal Masters through to the Shield final or they beat Kildare at the weekend. I was just thinking about yourself. Hey, did you ever don the Masters boots for, for Sligo, did you? No, no, I didn't, Brendan, and I was I was asked a few times, so I was, but um, no, my body was kind of well shook, so it was when I stopped playing senior football, Brendan, I didn't see the point of going back, putting more harm and more more issues on it as such, Brendan, so yeah. it never really appealed to me to be playing football <laughs> in oh. my 40s, Brendan, I'm happy oh, enough to do a bit of coaching and a bit of watching. Uh, the crack would appeal to you. But uh, the, the crack would appeal to you, yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, yeah. no, it just wasn't for me, Brendan. I'm sure it is. And listen, fair play to the lads that are doing it. Like, but yeah. it's it's you, you know your body just goes through a lot. Like I suppose I played county football for twelve, ten, or eleven years, Brendan. And you know the demands they're nothing compared to what they are today. But they do put mad demands on your body, kind of thing. And yeah. it's just it just wasn't able to keep going. Yeah, yeah, and big calves years finally caught up with. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only man I've ever seen play GA that his calves rival the size of his thighs. So that's the, that's the shape of thanks, Brendan. I don't know if you take it as a compliment or an insult. <laughs> well, it's, it's, a, it's an observation, though, is that? <laughs> Brendan, yeah, we, we, we saw yourself were out and about to say I was I was in Bundoran yesterday to see St. Junin's uh, uh, flex their muscles. Uh, I mean, I know Bundoran missing a lot of players from last year, Brendan, but. You know, definitely up against it, and that uh, you know we were wondering about the unions from last year around one in the title. What would it do to this team? And having seen them play at this stage last year in the our corresponding fixture, you know they were just like a team that was, you know, decently talented team did what they need to do. But yesterday I seen a unions team that very well drilled, moving very well, and um, you know so much talent, you know, all over the pitch. It was a real tough assignment for. For Bundoran, as I say, particularly with missing a few players. I mean, Brennan, of course, uh, had a horrible injury. Just, just looking at, you know, the defensive build-up, are there defend, defenders? And I was, you know, it's a really strong defender, defend, defense as such. You Conor O'Donnell, 
you know, Peter Devine, Aaron Deeney, um, Keelan Ward, Peter McNiff, like, you know, it really is a strong defence. And, you know, I saw that Connor Morrison played for the juniors too and was a Friday or Saturday evening and he'll be back in the fray as soon as it's great to see Connor back. He'll certainly add more steam to that uh, St. Junior's defence. And, you know, undoubtedly there's loads of attacking talent in that team with, you know, Shane and Niall O'Donnell in particular and that goal scorer that is Owen McGeehan. Like he just seems to, every time he seems to go out, he seems to be able to manufacture a goal of some description. So, yeah, Unions look strong, Brendan, so they do. They're going well. Listen, there's going to be bigger tests ahead and they know that kind of thing, but they're dealing with, they're dealing well with everything that's been put in front of them at the minute. And you're right, but Bundoran were down a few players. Look, Paul Brennan is obviously a big loss. And then to lose Gary Glancy too was a massive loss for them kind of thing. But it looks good for Eunice, Brendan. You'd have to say at the moment, if they can keep that up and say keep key players uh, fit. Yeah, certainly. And, and really, I suppose, yeah, I mean, I was chatting to Barney after. I think they had a kick around. Clancy got injured. I mean, Clancy, I know it was freeze, but he was their top scorer from the, the previous week. So, again, all these things were... We're going against uh, uh, Bundoran and the St. Unions, even with a few players to come back in yet, top-level players. Uh, they looked like they're moving really well. That goal, actually, that got was an interesting one. Um, Sean Patton, the, the Unions team, were, were all right up on about the 45. Patton had one of them booming kicks, went over the, the Bundoran uh, uh, fullback and um, went straight into the arms of um, Niall O'Donnell, who carried in and unselfishly gave it to McGeehan. For the goal, but that's that's another thing you have to watch out. Like Patton, you know, team squeezing up in the kick out, and Patton can just boom it over the whole pitch, put it in opposition's forty five. Yeah, it's a massive weapon to have in, in in the artillery. Like he is such a good kicker, and particularly long kicker, and it's something that you would probably, you know, we discussed it before. You'd like to see Donegal perhaps use more of because they have got the big bodies up that end of the field that'll be able to get that too, you know, but he's a massive boot and he can ping them 60, 70 yards. It's unreal what he can do from the ball off the floor. So it is, Brendan, you know, he really is an exceptional kicker. And, you know, as I say, it, it, it's going to take any, any team that comes up against St. Junins, that's a big factor that they're going to have to, you know, look at before they go out in the field. Yeah. And, and, and Brendan, tell me, the game you were at yesterday, St. Nalls and, and Glenn Swilly, you know, Glenn Swilly obviously have, come back in this championship and, and they're a team that's not going to be messed about with and uh, you know we've done the big league we've won 83 at half time and you were you were reporting it looked like it was almost a wee bit like a, a bit like the game in, in, in Gaelic Park but a bit of a fight back from the home side and with, with a man with a man extra Yeah and you know the, the, Glenn Swilly got off to a great start Brendan they kicked seven points before St. Nalls registered a score and you know, Michael Murphy knocking over Freeze and Mark, some of them that he was fouled for himself and kicked a couple of great long distance scores too, so they did. But they were playing with the Breeze at that time. And, you know, the big score then came, you know, a high speculative ball into the square from Ashing Crawford and his brother, the number three, Rory Crawford, was there to kind of stab it into the net. And, you know, that was a defining score. And then you had the sending off that probably gave St. Nalls some sort of incentive. And, you know... To be fair to St. Nolls, and I thought Cormac Callaghan did a brilliant job on Pather Morgan, particularly in the first half, but Pather really stepped up the gears in the second half and drove St. Nolls forward. And, you know, they kicked three points after the break to get them back into it, but just Glenn Swinney seemed to be able to get them scores. You know, Ryan Diver then kicked the score, Michael Murphy fists a point, and Jack Galler, Jack Galler had a wonderful second half driving from the back. And, you know, Keelan Kelly, I felt was unlucky to get sent off. I didn't see what he did, but it didn't appear to be a lot kind of thing. And, he seemed to get on an awful lot of ball in the first half 
and the kind of Jack Gallagher then assumed his role and he really was effective driving forward in the second half kicking you know they got a great move a great goal and intercepted a kick out put it over the bar so you know the, the Glenn Swilly controlled the game, Brendan, and I was impressed with them. Now, I thought they played really well. They dealt with everything that was in front of them. Now, St. Nalls, Brendan, you know, they've had a poor league campaign. They were playing like a team that was down on confidence. And, you know, yeah, I give them credit. They kicked what? They kicked, I think they kicked six scores in the last quarter against uh, Glenn Swilly's one. So they didn't throw in the towel. But, you know, Glenn Swilly controlled the game from start to finish in my book, Brendan, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting there. You know, you look at, look around, I suppose, from a, the county perspective, you know, particularly the likes of the O'Donnells yesterday, how they were moving and, and you're on about Mogan there and Murphy and, 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 you know, the Kilcar lads and that. Like all the county players seem to be flying at, at club yeah. level. You know, they're certainly, they're certainly doing their bit for, for their clubs, uh, 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 Brendan. And, and looking across the rest of the championship there, you know, a couple of performances in there, I suppose. Uh, Glenn Finn Gador went right down to the wire. You know, Gador was very short odds away from home in that game. And Brendan, a lot of people was talking about that, that there was maybe Glenn Finn didn't do themselves justice the first day. And I think they did throw the kitchen sink at Gador. But particularly, I think we, some long range kicking from Ethan Harkin was enough just to get Gador across the line. And of course, a Gador team we know that are missing like seven, eight of their, of their regular starters. Yeah. And you know that they are down a lot of numbers and, Eamon Collin, who had their chief scorer and chief the week before, I think, has gone away. So, as you say, Ethan Hark, I think, I think, kicked six of their points with Michael Rorty coming in with a goal, Brendan. And, you know, Glenn Finn had ha- ha- a good team. And, you know, th- their tie, I think, against Glenn Swilly in the next round, will in the third round, will be an interesting one because they haven't had much luck so far in the couple of games that they played kind of thing. You know, a couple of narrow, narrow defeats. But they have some wonderful footballers coming through, some wonderful young footballers to go with some really good experience. So, you know, they're a good championship team. Will they be able to dig themselves out of the hole that they're in now will be an interesting one. But, you know, Gidor, I think, had only four of the team that were so impressive and winning Ulster Championship four years ago, Brendan. And, you know, they're not setting the world alight, but the longer they're there and the more, you know, get they get players back, they can be a threat to, you know, they have the capability on a given day to beat many of the top three teams that we talk about if they get things right it's getting things right in the dressing room down there for them. That'll be key in getting them players back on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. And listen, the the media championship from last uh, season, Clough Ely at home to Gokaran again. Gokaran, you know, league champions moving well, uh, uh, Brendan, even though um, Clough Ely tried uh, Jason McGee at the age of the square, you know, it wasn't wasn't enough. And, and an impressive 19 points kicked away from home again, just conceding seven. Yeah, and I think that something like 11 scorers, uh, Brendan with Patrick top scoring on five points. And as you say, you know, these players playing well, you know, you, you go through that car team, there's a lot of talent footballers on it, Brendan, like every position, they're all really, really good players. They're playing good, expansive, open football. So they are. So, you know, they're obviously going to be a feature. Um, you know, you would think border final, semi final stage, you know, Kilcar are going to be a real feature. Clahanili, you know, again, it's a big step up from intermediate, Brendan. And, yeah, Jason McGee, wonderful footballer on that. I don't think it really worked putting him in on the edge of the square. I think Kilcar dealt with it admirably. And I think Clahanili then lost one of their better players up top, Blake McGarvey, who was with us in the minors there a couple of years ago, went off with a hamstring injury, so it could be out for a few weeks too. So tough times for the likes of Clahanili, you know, taking a beating like that from Kilcar. Um, but again, it's all a learning process for them sort of teams, Brendan, you know. Yeah, and, and Brendan, listen, we've talked a lot about, you know, the 
obviously maybe too many teams in the championship and a few mismatches and that and they're, they're happening each week but so we're certainly a team that we've been interested in has been uh, uh, Neve Connell you know um, you know, even away from home in Glen Swilly after their form coming in date you know Glen Swilly obviously put it, put it up to them with a draw there now they were home to Kelly Beggs and again you know 112 to 9 points but listen, in many ways, I suppose for Martin Regan, he's getting he's getting workouts. I mean, they're away to St Michael's the next day, and I know talking from Rory Kavna yesterday, and this is no disrespect to Knowles or Bundor, but obviously it was two easy games for them, and now they're home to Clahonilly, who's who struggled hugely at home. So, in many ways, is this a, a, a good championship so far for Neve Connell in terms of again they're missing some of their key men, they're getting them back slowly, but they're certainly getting workouts each game, but they're still. I say, uh, you, you know, they're they're sitting on on three points now. Going down to going down to the Brides, who, who St Michael's had a good result at the at the weekend. There, they seem to be going well. So probably they're more the games, uh, Brendan, you would look for in terms of getting a getting a good test as a, a, in a championship game. Absolutely, you know, and you listen, Nate Connell. They're such a championship battle hardened team, Brendan. So they are. You know, we know what they bring. They're tough. They're resolute. They have everything that you want in a championship football team, and. They, they are getting players back on the pitch. Um, you know, Charlie McGuinness, I think, kicked one, two, and Ethan O'Donnell with three points, kind of thing, with their chief scores of the weekend. But there's get, they can get scores from across the pitch, so they can. And, you know, the tough test against Killy Beggs, you know. Um, I think Killy Beggs led for a lot of the way, but again, I think the wind was a factor there. And, you know, Nave Connell will churn out the results. Like, and even if you go back through Nave Connell results over the last number of years, Brendan, like they're, they're never, you never see them putting up a massive score really on a team. They just do enough on a lot of occasions to win and they'll be happy enough that they're tipping along nice. Now, it will be a tough test that, that again, going down to the bridge to play St. Michael and St. Michael's team that looked in form last night, put up a big score against Milford, against a struggling Milford, that has to be said. Um, so that'll be an interesting tie the next day. And, you know, both teams are... How many points are Michaels on? Yes, Michaels are on three there, are they? So both teams are on three, so, yeah. you know, another win will safely see either team safe straight into the quarterfinal, you would imagine, kind of. So that that probably is one of the ties of the round, along with the Glen Swilly, Glen Finn game in my book. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And, and uh, Brent, just going across the other couple of fixtures, as you mentioned there, uh, uh, Milford, St. Michaels, St. Michaels racking up 117 to 7. You know, St. Michaels now are one of those teams, I suppose, a bit like Glenn Swilly were looking at as well. That potentially will think, listen, we could we could rattle one of the larger sides on, on any given day. Yeah, well, listen, St. Michaels were saying that for a lot of years, Brendan, and you know, it, it, you know, the, 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 there's a lot, again a lot of talent within that squad. It has changed somewhat, I suppose, in the last couple of years, but they still have a lot of experience. And in Michael Langan, they have, you know, one of the best footballers in the country in my book kind of thing. You know, when he is playing well, he really is a graceful, lovely player to watch. So they have a lot of talent. Carlos O'Reilly, Hugh O'Donnell, Andrew Kelly, I think, kicks one four yesterday. The good old stock, Martin McElhenney, still going strong for them and Colin McFadden. And, they, you know, so they have a lot of talent throughout their team, Brendan. And it's getting, if, if, if they can get energy from a big performance against Nave Connell down on the bridge, that could be something that would spur them on, but they need something big like that so they do in order to push them on. But, you know, you're talking about these kind of group games as we go through the go through it, Brendan. The real action is going to come when it gets that back down to eight teams kind of thing, you know, and they're the real test that are going to be put in front of teams like, you know, St. Junins have had it easy, comfortable, as you correctly said, against St. Norris and St. Bondor, and they haven't had a test yet. And, you know, I, it, it's difficult, I suppose, from a management point of view to 
you know, go in then, you know, to be winning these games so easy and then to come up with, say, against an Con or something like that that are going to ask three questions kind of thing. So that's the only concern, I suppose, from St. Juno's point of view. But Michaels need a big win. They need to do something big, I think, in order to announce themselves as contenders in the championship because they've always been touted as the fifth team out there. You know, now you have, you know, can McCool step into that mantle or can, you know, Glenn Swilly come back there, you know, so... You know, the, the, the teams outside the top four, the, the challenge for the next four places will be very interesting too. And can one of them four that get to the quarterfinals take down one of the big guns? They're the questions that, name, that, that remain to be answered, Brendan. Yeah, and listen, I know obviously Ballyshannon have two out of two, but, you know, maybe, listen, if they were going to be general contenders to maybe make that bridge you're talking about, they needed to beat Ardra the more than a couple of points. You know, I haven't seen Ardra the, the fall week. As Frank Craig kindly put it, they're in transition. And listen, aside from years back, you know, with, with a great history and tradition, but just right now, you know, they're well off the pace in terms of, like I think, competing in, in the senior championship. So the fact that Rio only beat them by a couple of points, Brendan, would tell me that they're still a bit off uh, uh, someone that we, we could call contenders. Yeah, I don't. They're not ready to contend with the top four. Yes, they are making a lot of progress, and there's some good young players coming through, Brendan. But I don't think they're ready to threaten the top table as of yet. And um, you know, Ardra, as you mentioned, you know that they're they're finding it tough. But you know, you know the tradition that Ardra they will always fight to the end. So they will, Brendan. And you know, I think Aru led by nine four at one stage yesterday, and they did bring it back to nine seven. I think it ended up, Brendan. So you, they will ask questions of teams, but they're not. You know, it, it's highly unlikely to see them in the last eight, so it is at this stage. Yeah, yeah, certainly. McCool's beaten four masters. Ryan Ferry was at that. He's coming on after Brentshire can get a yarn to him about that, Brent. So, listen, we look ahead to round three then, Brent. They say Saturday, uh, coming now, St. Union's Clochanelia kicking off first at, at 1.30. Then we have Kelly Beggs Mulford at two o'clock, four masters, Bundorn at 4 pm. And then on Sunday, we have Ballyshannon St. Knowles at half one, Glen Swilly, Glen Fun two o'clock, St. Michael's Neve Connell at half two, Kilcar Ardra at three o'clock, and Gidor and McCulls at four thirty. So listen, we'll see what turns out out of that, uh, Brendan. Looking forward to it. You'll be you'll be out and about somewhere for, for Highland, no doubt. Yeah, play, play, uh, hopefully, Brendan, yeah, I get to a couple of games again this weekend. It's you know, it's, it's good to get back out and get at the games. There's some great stuff going on out there and you know, I, I <laughs> People, when you talk about the structure of the championship, but it's important that these guys, these lads, are all getting. They're getting four games, four championship games, two home, two away, Brendan. So, you know, we'll see more how it's panning out. I think after the next, after next weekend's round of game, we'd have a fair idea. I think we have a fair idea where it's going at the minute, anyway. But we'll have a very clear picture on where it's going after next weekend's round of games, Brendan. Right, Brendan, will you head out? Listen, don't forget to pack the sun cream this time. No, I won't. Might need it next week. Oh, yeah, I think the weather's to come good again next weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we uh, love championship weather. Brendan. Championship weather, Brendan. Yeah, <laughs> we, we need it, lad. Keep keep the championship yeah. feel in there, Brendan. Great stuff. Appreciate the roundup there. We'll speak to you sure later as the week goes on. Anytime, Brendan. Thank you very much. Okay. Brendan okay. there. Yeah, <clears throat> rounding up the senior championship for us. And uh, as I said, I was down at Gaelic Park in Bundoorn. Yesterday and after the match, I got a bit of feedback from two people involved in the in the coaching and management of each side. First of all, uh, David O'Hurley, who's assistant manager and trainer with St. Unans. And then after that, I spoke with Barney Curran, who is the trainer of Red Lamar at Bundor. <laughs> 
Listen, they have a big victory up here at the scoreboard laying this here. It was 121 to 16, I think. Yeah. It ended up, um, I think the scoreboard guy gave up towards the end there because St. Junins were in such control. I just remarked to you there before I put on the put on the mic that um, I was here last year and it was a, a dirt enough game. St. Junins just about doing what they needed to do, but that was a very different St. Junins team today. And a lot of people are on about the, the county title from last year. Would it mean this team would open up and play? And it's certainly what they did today. Well, you know, to be fair to Mondorn, I think that they're missing a lot of personnel from last year too, you know. But um, ah, look, look, today, nice day, I suppose. Uh, things went our way at times, and, and possibly things didn't go Mondorn's way, but um, look, look, it's just another game we prepare again for next week now. Yeah, 11 different scores, uh, David. I was shouting to uh, Barney Kern there. You know, you, you talk about often players from the past there, one or two score getters and people they locked down, but it's looking like the unit forward line that you, you, you're going to try and have to mark everybody. And then, of course, three of your glads come off the bench contributing to scores as well. So very positive from that outlook, particularly when you come up against maybe more heavy set defences as the championship goes on. Well, that, that's the important thing. Like you, you need everyone chipping over with a couple of points a game. Like you said it, like if if you have uh, only one, one or two forwards and they're marked out of a game, you know that's when your your squad kicks into place. And we've talked about that all year. The importance of having a squad, you know, and lads coming off the bench and making an impact and something we'll need moving forward. Yeah. And are you, are you enjoying it here, David? Obviously, the county title we were we were desperate for. I have to say, we there. <laughs> I was supposed to be impartial now, but that county title, seven years, you know, and units coming so close the last number of years. You know, there was a real, I suppose, in the county, a bit of a buzz for this because it was a young team coming yeah. through and the type of football was going to be played. Are you enjoying the challenge and looking forward to the rest of the championship? Oh, well, that's it. Look, uh, I suppose the, the thing about our winter was, unfortunately, <laughs> a couple of weeks after the county final one, you know, we were beaten by Glenn, and, and, and that's the kind of thing that's driven us on over the winter. Look, the, the, the county final was great, but it's parked for us now. You know, it's a new year, and every day, every day we take the pitch, you really do have to earn the right to win it, like, you know. So, um, like I say, we'll move on now to the next game three and see who we get in the draw here. I'm here with Barney Kern, trainer of Bundoran. Barney, listen, tough defeat there up against the Unions. It was always going to be difficult today. What did you make of it? Uh, it was always going to be difficult. Listen, uh, the county champions are coming in and uh, you know yourself it's, it's, we're after a hard uh, a hard game last week against uh, uh, Ballyshannon we came second so it was about lifting the heads and uh, getting back at it and we tried the best we could to try and press up and go man be man but uh, the quality that some units have you know and they're in fairness to Rory and the boys he has them in great shape and they're and they're playing some lovely football and you can see the quality of the county men that are back in as well stroking it about and we try to man mark some of them you know and it's, it's, it's as the old saying goes you can't man mark everybody no, and uh, missing a few a few as well injuries Gary Clancy out and uh, Paul Brennan broke the leg there uh, during the week so uh, listen it is always going to be a hard oil hard oil task uh, uh, Brendan but it's over and done now and the draw's on the way now so we'll see what's ahead of us now yeah you've got to be positive and Barney I really appreciate you talking because it's tough after a game like that you know, once the game settled Unions had a, a few points on the board but just gained possession then and probably in front of goals first half and second half there was a period where both teams was a few bad ways but you just continued it throughout and as you said adding into those couple of players missing that it just made that gap widen a lot now I did this fixture here last year so Unions weren't in that type of groove you know I mean the 11 different scores here today and as you say you know county players throughout their team but particularly in their forward line so once that game started to open up very difficult to lock these guys down Oh 100% like in the first half I looked up at the scoreboard and it was 5-1 they had one wide we had 
sex weights uh, the boys went for gold instead of you know chipping over the bar and I suppose when you're bearing down in gold it's hard to look up and say I'm going to stick this over the bar but anyway a few good saves and a few wides and then uh, they went on to 9-1 and we got a few points back before half time but then when the uh, them few O'Donnells and Nile and Shane started uh, playing and in fairness of Connor, he was a serious serious threat in the first half uh, coming through the middle like you go through the Union's team and there's just quality all over the pitch you know and one thing about them they're all good footballers and you know there's never any nonsense in the pitch with them and uh, hit hard and just uh, they play ball and I kind of enjoy playing them at, at times but not the result all the time but uh, they're well worthy county champions you know yeah good man and listen yourself and uh, Peter Mack come into this job fairly late Bernie uh, listen and you, you, you're making the best of what you can of it I suppose today isn't one of the games you're going to maybe just assign where the team is at but certainly you're enjoying your time down here and coaching the side oh love it I came down uh, we were a week I think a week uh, before the league I kicked off we got involved with a couple of training sessions and you know you get a good old bond with the boys they're a nice old group and they're you know, they're hard working, they're old school, you know, they're not that much into stats and stuff, they like to do a small bit of video analysis, but uh, they like to be trained hard and enjoying it, you know, you're back as, and you're coaching down here and it's it's it's, it's just enjoyable and uh, Peter Mack, you know, I, I don't think I've met a more passionate uh, Jay man as in all my times out and about. He just loves it, he's in the dressing room there now, you know, and the poor man... Is, is, he just doesn't know what to do next with the loss you know he's all and it's all about the players he wants the players to perform he wants them to do well and it's all about the players he always asks what can I do for you and it's always trying to help them but listen some days you're just outclassed and and you have to take it on the chin uh, we were safe in the league uh, we ended up 7th I think 6th or 7th good old league we found it very competitive now uh, as opposed it was a competitive at the bottom with a relegation kind of battle but listen again it's all about senior championship and we've a draw ahead of us here now and we just have to get back up here Tuesday night and see who we have here the night now yeah, yeah great to hear uh, from the two lads here that was feedback from both camps in Bundoran yesterday in the senior championship and now we look across the junior and intermediate with Donegal News GA correspondent Ryan Ferry Ryan how are you this evening? I'm good Brendan and yourself? Oh tearing away lad listen I was in the cruise home I was lucky enough to go for a cup of tea with uh, Brian McAniff after the game yesterday with a bit of crack him and his um, and as good wife Cody, uh, we we had the uh, cheese and ham toasty and a cup of tea. It set me up nicely for going back through the gap. And of course, I was listening to yourself in the morning, St. Michael's. You you were going well there yesterday uh, uh, <laughs> on the radio, giving us updates from the game. It, it was a it was a busy Sunday evening for us, Breton. Now I tell you the truth, these these uh, later games uh, put the pressure on, and obviously with Mark English going very well in Munich as well. So there was. It was uh, we were pu- we were pushing our deadline close last night. Now you have to say the pressure. Was, hey, you work well on the pressure. That's the only thing, right? Brings the, uh, the best. I wouldn't be so sure about that. <laughs> Listen, Brian, you're a Milford man. They were under a bit of pressure themselves uh, yesterday from 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 a bit of a St Michael's scoring onslaught. Yeah, they definitely were. Now um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting about the town here now, taking this call, Brendan, and I don't see anybody about that. I'd say there'll be a lot of men maybe keeping their heads down today. Now they'll they'll be very disappointed with how they played, but yeah, the Michaels were were very impressive on the day. Um, to be fair, Brendan, and 
Um, you know, they're, they're going rightly, St. Michael's. They're very strong in the tackle and the back line. And there's some very lively forwards in there. Andrew Kelly was brilliant yesterday. You've Carlos O'Reilly, he's really coming on, uh, nicely. You've Colin McFadden and obviously you've Michael Langan dictating matters in the middle of the field. So, uh, they're, they're going quite well. And, um, they have a big game now against Neve Connell next weekend. And, uh, that'll, that'll be a, That'll be a cracker down the bridge, Bryn. Yeah, and listen, Ryan, that, listen, of course, very tough in Mulford, but I'm just saying, Ryan, you, you, them players you mentioned there, some of them are some of the best footballers you could get, you know, in the country, you know, have been or, or, or in the round that, you know, you have some top class players. And I was just looking across the different county players, how they're standing out in games and that. And, you know, is it difficult for a team like Mulford when you have players of that calibre up against you? Because everybody's kind of setting up fairly similar in many ways, dropping players back. So that classy forward of those players who can kick from, from range and, and free taking, etc., they're going to be the difference. And if one side has two or three, you know, at times at least two or three of them in it, it that is the conundrum, I suppose, for, for the teams that are that are that are in this championship that are struggling. Yeah, definitely. Like and you know, you can see Moford were we're we're trying to match up on 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 certain players, but you know they they were probably players that that Moford needed on the ball as much as anything as well. You know, so it was always going to be difficult. But I think to be fair, and and uh, I, I don't want to be too harsh on Moford either, Brendan. But you know, there there was a big big gap in 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 conditioning of the of the two teams yesterday and you know St. Michael's and St. Michael's probably are you know there are a lot of young players and, and Christy Toy and, and Colin McFadden aren't playing this year but they're quite seasoned you know there are a lot of players maybe in, in their early 30s you know and you know they're strong and they're powerful and you know I would you know I'm being presumptuous here but I would imagine they they are doing more gym work than, than the likes of Mulford are and and that's probably the probably the big ask for teams like Mulford and maybe other teams at the lower echelons of the senior championship. You know, you know, are they going to put in the hard work over the winter to to close the gap when you know they probably know that it, it mightn't take them that far anyway. Whereas perhaps like St. Michael's who were in a county semi final last year and and think that maybe they can take on you know the the, the so called top teams as such. I'm not saying St. Michael's aren't in the top teams, but you know I'm sure I'm sure it's easier for them maybe to to go to the gym and and maybe November and December knowing they're not that far away. Whereas yeah. perhaps it's a, a harder sell to the likes of the Mulford players. Yeah, listen, that's a valid point. And even talking about that just at the end of the county season, just on about the, the, these Galway players that weren't involved this year and coming back and how you like, say, the whole of the Kerry squad's always there and the dubs keep on playing because they know they're definitely going to be in these huge games. And for Galway, even though you think they're on the up, they mightn't see that group of players mightn't see an all Ireland final again. Whereas that Kerry group of players, by and large, they're going to be back in finals. And it is a tough one that round for the commitment and, for someone maybe to be maybe an impact player that has to do all this work as well. And it, it's it's definitely a thing now in Gaelic in terms of the much time that has to be put in. But listen, we, we, we just hope that, that Milford can stabilise anyway and, 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 and give it a decent shot on, on, on the third game, uh, Ryan. But looking across, Ryan, the, the Intermediate Championship first now, Dunlow, uh, Bunkrana, flying high. Um, both both seem to be moving up the gears well there. Great one for Downings as well, but starting with Dunlow first, uh, an impressive one away to Malin, and Malin having a very, very tough, tough time in this championship. Yeah, they are. It's 
it's, it's probably been a, a big surprise. Bren, uh, just how Marlon have dropped off. And I know they've a couple of key men that haven't been playing for them in the last couple of games. And it's obviously, it's obviously having an impact. And, you know, it, it looks at this stage like we're, you know, it's going to be a battle to try and sur- survive in, in the intermediate championship for Marlon. And, and after having a great league, it, it would be an absolute disaster for them if they were to drop down to the junior championship. But yeah, Dunlow, are, are, are going nicely there. Um, and you know they'll be they'll, they'll be a team to watch in, in the knockout stage. Like to go to Connolly Park, I know maybe Mal not quite as strong as they were, but still a still a big victory to get get down there. The good forwards who seem to be coming into form at the right time. Like you know, so the lower and and, and I know from speaking to some of the fanet boys last week, they were they were quite impressed with the low down in, in that game in, in Ross's Park last week. So you know, the lower are going rightly, and you know the home game against Nivora this week and bit of a local derby too. So I'm sure they'll be looking to keep the momentum going. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And you know, looking at the Downings, uh, Neve Columba result, did that surprise you about the manner of the, the victory? Double scores, 115-9. And Neve Columba scores hitting seven goals last week, but couldn't register a three-pointer this week. And, and I suppose Downings coming off the back of a feat to defeat the Bunkrana up from junior last year. And they're, they're, they're in there saying, listen, we, you know, I, I think most of Downings crew thought they were an intermediate team, but they're certainly popping up now saying, listen, we can, we can mix it with anybody. Yeah, well, there was a couple of things that did surprise me about that, Bren. Um, I was down a couple of weeks ago and these two teams played in the league and Downers won very comfortably that that evening as well. So I was expecting uh, Neve Columbus to go down there with a bit of bit of fight and a bit of a response from that. And I was surprised it was so one-sided. And the fact that uh, Paddy McLeod was sent off after three minutes. So Downers played pretty much the whole game with only 14 players. So it's a very, very big win for a team... Yeah. With you know, with a man less for for that that degree of time, and and I think they actually were down to thirteen men for a stage as well because Martin McBride got a black card. So it's it's a big big win for Downans, but you know they're very very hard to beat down in Downans. Like they, you know, it's it can be a blustery place. I don't know what the weather was like down there yesterday. Now maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't that bad, but you know they they seem to have a great record at home. To be fair to them, and you know, no, I'm sure the teams will be glad that there'll be there'll be neutral venues for come the quarterfinals of the championship if, if Downans make it because you wouldn't want to be playing them down in down in Downans anyway. Yeah, nice place to go for the beach, not for not for the away team. You're telling me, Ryan, that's that's good to know. Uh, their rearranged fixture, of course, um, is on Wednesday night with Red Hughes at half uh, seven. Um, Ryan Bonkrana going well. They're, they're are, are they kind of? I don't know. You're looking at Dunlow Bonkrana, uh, you know, two seventeen one eight over Red Hughes and Keelan McGonagall again. I mean, from midfield, five points. Um, I was just chatting to Brendan previously about. Um, you know, we're seeing all the county players really flying, and and he's one that seems to have been on a huge shift for for Bunkran in midfield, not just in general play, but on the scoreboard as well. Yeah, he, he's he's really really going well, and he's really blossomed into a top class player. As Keelan, like in the you know, he's very very well able to hold his own at at inter county level and at, at at intermediate ranks. You know, any midfielder will do well to keep tabs with him. Um, I was talking to somebody who was at that game against Red Hughes and Red Hughes were actually leading at half time but had a big breeze but I, I think they were just completely overpowered in the second half and the big thing that's that's, that's coming out of that game is just the pure size and physique of Bonkrana you know I think they're you know they have a big bank of four men across the middle for kickouts and stuff and it's very very hard to get the ball past them and 
you know, they're they're definitely they're going to be a formidable team. You know, like last year they were beaten by Clochanili, went on to win intermediate. So, you know, they, they'll be thinking they're they're not that far away. And you know, it'll be interesting to see how they fare out against Steve Columba this week, and if they're going to you know perhaps pop the pop this section and get get through as the number one team. And um, but Neve Columba will put it up to them as well. But yeah, Bunkrana, Gary Duffy has them going rightly there, and you know at, at this stage of the season. You know, I would nearly say they look like the team to beat, you know. Yeah, I agree with I agree. Terman getting the better of Burt, uh, 2 3 to 12 points, goals almost uh, causing an upset there, but Terman holding on. Down at the banks, interesting game, 63rd minute goal, salvaging a, a point for Fana. The Fana boys have, have a bit of fight in them. That, that was a real, that must have been a real uh, signal for Neve Worris who later on after dominating the game, right? Yeah, like I, I think. You know, from, from chatting to somebody who was at that game too, I think it was a bit of a, a, a maybe a, a blustery evening down there about the banks. And, you know, Nivora played with the wind in the first half and they were 4-2 up. And I think they were very good against against the breeze as well. And, and it looked like they were going to take a comfortable victory. They were 8-3 up at one stage. And usually down at the banks, that's that's about as much as you're going to get, like, you know. But um, I think from by all accounts, Michael Sweeney, had a big, big championship for Fanon so far, and he came off the bench, and you know he he was pivotal to their to their comeback. I think Mark McIntyre got a couple of scores, and then Sweeney set up Paddy Carr for for a goal, and you know I think there was actually a couple of minutes left in that game, and you know the chat is that you know maybe Fanon were looked more likely side to win it, so you know maybe both teams will will take a draw on that. Um, I, I don't know. I suppose Nivora it leaves them on three points. It's a decent enough position. Like they have a tough game against Dunlow this week, um, and they're probably thinking maybe as long as maybe as long as Fanad and Burt don't draw this week, they'll maybe be get through. Um, Gielanada, they have they have Burt this week at home. They have a very good recent record against Burt, so they won't be fearing Burt. But Burt look to be going a wee bit better than they have been in previous years. So that that'll be a that'll be a right old battle down in Port Salon this this week. I think it's in Port Salon anyway, but so. That should be a that should be a good game. Yeah, certainly. Don't know Nivora. Real real derby game. A few sparks flying at that. That's what we want to see in, in championship uh Ryan. Looking across the junior there, um spoke a big game, the Rasa Gales, uh ended up a stalemate. Uh two sides of real aspirations about lifting this championship. Yeah, definitely so. Um it looked like it was. Uh, I was just following it on on Twitter now, and it looked like it was, it was fairly tight the whole way along. And um, you know, Naros I think could have won it at the end of the goal chance went over the bar, which 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 gave them a draw and um, gives them a chance now. But Narasa have a a very tough game to finish off with um, away against Mavil this weekend. Like so, you know, I think uh, a draw does Mavil. And, you know, it's going to be a pressure game for Naros. And I suppose, you know, we've kind of talked about this, about this section in the, in the junior championship already, Brendan, and that you the letter Kenny Gales, you've Karen Donna, you've Maville and you've Narasa, and only three teams are going to go through. And, you know, there's, there's four probably of your leading contenders there on the one side. And I suppose the big thing for Maville is that Maville didn't have to play letter Kenny Gales, which gives them a big advantage. But then Mavil lost at the weekend to Karen Dunnow and I think they were in a very strong position at half time and, and let us slip in the second half. So Mavil will be feeling a bit of pressure this week as well going into that game. Um the Gales seem to be going reasonably well, um, but they had a good tight game. Maybe that'll stand to them at the weekend. Um I suppose they were going quite 
winning games quite comfortably up until that, but it always stands to get a, a good test. And uh, so I would imagine their kind of gales are happy enough with where, where they are at at the present minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, St. Unan's um, defeating Neve Alton, uh, Neve Patrick, Muff uh, beating Robert Emmett, and as you mentioned there, Karen Donna uh, getting the better of uh, Maval. So, who, who's your feeling in there for uh, Ryan? The, the Gales, of course, coming back last year's defeat of finalists. They look like they've they've pushed on a bit, and they're 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 really, uh, I suppose, uh, putting a huge effort in to take that title this year. Would you put them as number one contenders? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely would, Brennan, and. Uh You've, you're looking at it, I suppose, Karen Donner are, are, are getting good results. They beat Narossan, they beat Maville. Um, you know, I, I think they're still without Conor O'Donnell um, and they're saying they're not going to rush him back. So I don't know if that means he's going to play at all this year or not. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, on, on the other side of it, you know, Oris have been going quite well. Uh, Nick Podrick, uh, Muff, probably a wee bit surprised that their form hasn't been great. And the Newlands, the Newlands are, are, are a hard team to gauge in this championship, Brennan, because, you know, you look at the team they had out the last day, you know, you had Lee McMoneagle, you had Paddy McGowan, um, I think Conal McGinley was playing, you know, they've, they've probably, I think it was Jolton Malloy on, on the squad as well. They've probably five or six, maybe even more fellas that have played County Minor or County Under 21 at some stage. So if they can keep all those players together, then, you know, the Newlands could have a say in this championship. But then, you know, uh, I think the Newlands. I don't even know if they've played a reserve game yet. Um, so m- maybe, maybe the res- when the reserve championship kicks in, perhaps some of those players will will go to that level. I, I'm not sure. I think Connor Morrison actually played for them as well, Brendan, at the weekend, which was great to see. So it'll, it'll be interesting, perhaps, to see how how the Newlands fare out and, and and maybe what their team sheet looks like over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, interesting, Shirley Ryan. Thanks that round. Of course, Neve Kill didn't field at the weekend. They didn't have enough players, so. Um, I think there's a few things happening. Obviously, lost the manager recently, Ryan, and um, I think there was a soccer match on and a few things, and they were just short of numbers. But they're at home this week, so hopefully they they fulfil the fixture and uh, get back in the wagon. Sad to see that. Yeah, it is sad to see that, and you know, I I, I don't know what's going on. I suppose maybe only when you're in and around that, you know, you know exactly what's happening there. But it's it's, it's not good, and you know, I know. I know Pedigo themselves struggled to field against against Narossa last last week, and I suppose maybe it comes back to the the whole question of of, of structure of our championships, and it's it's not easy to work out what way we should be doing. But there's probably some of those teams in the junior championship that are, that just can't compete against the top teams, and you know maybe there's a, a something about that maybe to be said. And, in the senior championship as well, you know. So we need another championship. <laughs> well, you know, perhaps we do. I know what you're saying, right? There seems to be definitely, yeah. I think there's too many in the senior anyway, and there seems to be mismatches. That I don't think it does anybody any good these mismatches, but that's a that's that's a, that's a difficult one. Yeah, and what you're saying there, I suppose we should you know, trying to find the right blend of the type of team that goes into that without it being unfair to the other sides. Then is is a is a big conundrum too. Yeah, and and you know, and like I'm sure, I'm sure. Well, you know, there probably is different levels of commitment. You know, uh, for all players, the Leicester Unions have a, a lot of a lot of very talented players, but I'm sure there's some of them are probably given a wee bit more to it than than others are. You know, so it's probably you know maybe some players are happy enough playing junior, where maybe others would like to push on and play it at reserve level or senior. So it's hard, and you know, like it's you know. Like, 
there will always be questions about structures. You know, as I think I was I was reading in the Kerry Club Championship at the minute they only have eight teams and they're having you know two groups of four and it seems to be very competitive. And I seen a journalist from Kerry send the weekend there that you know that they need more senior clubs. You know and. Then you go into different, you know, if you have 10 teams or 12 teams, you know, you can come up with these strange formats and, uh, you know, sometimes it can just be more damage to the weaker teams yeah. as well. So I don't know, Brendan, that's, uh, uh, you know, uh, well, I don't have a lot of answers for any, for a lot we'll of things. Have, we'll have have a, I definitely don't have the answers for this. We'll get a think tank together. That's, that's what we'll do. Hey. Uh, we'll, we'll get all the best brains in the county and put them together. Uh, Ryan, how's that? We'll, we'll name them out some week. <laughs> we'll get a plan. You can, you can lead out. You can chair that committee, Brendan. <laughs> I'll make the tea. Hey, uh, Ryan, 100%. Listen, uh, thanks so much as ever for, for rounding up. And I'm sure we'll be hearing you in Highland uh, next week and we'll be doing some updates. Good man. No bother, Brendan. Chat anytime. stuff there. Ryan Ferry, Donegal News, sports reporter there. Great to get us. Round up and intermediate and junior there. Yeah, now as I say, as I say joined by Enda McGinley, a man with a massive uh, trophy cabinet, but one of the most humble men you could meet, and uh, also former Antrim manager. And my first question, Enda, to you is the Donegal job, yes or no? <laughs> That'll be a no. That'll be a no, Brian. Come on, I, 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 I like I rumors, thank you. <laughs> I think it's the time of year uh, for plenty of rumours uh, and I'm sure there'll be plenty more coming but uh, no, I think these are safer off without the likes of me up up, up about there. Straight talking and uh, you're a straight talker as ever. Uh, listen, I thought you were going to say me and you for joint manager. Would, would you take me on board now? Uh, you'd, you'd be a hard man to handle with a man. That would be my fear there. Uh, listen, talk about handling men, Enda. You know, um, you, you know, a, a quick talk to you last week there. You know, you, you were on about your time in Antrim and the amount of people. You were saying that you had upwards of 60 people involved in the squad and technically all of them are reporting back to you in some shape or form. And uh, just county management now, a massive, massive... Um, uh, a, a thing to be involved in in terms of time and the the commitment you're putting in and plus as you were saying the the headspace as you called it around the preparation so many factors going into it that, that it's hard to have uh, a life outside of that yeah absolutely like you you go back obviously yourself and myself we're, we're lucky enough to play at that level and you, it, it's such a selfish place really as a player because you're going in you're nervous for yourself your complete focus is on your own role when you're in the game you're completely focused on what you are trying to bring to the team and uh, your own performance level uh, and after the game it nearly <laughs> your entire mood sort of depends on how you've got on in that game if you know what I mean so it's a very uh, personal focus and everything as a manager certainly uh, you've you have to be mindful of 33, 34 players and they're not just ordinary players they're high level players that sacrifice a huge amount some of them you'll have absolutely disgusted by not starting on the team maybe not using some of them you'll have disgusted by subbing off the team some of them will be disappointed with their own displays some of them will be delighted with their own personal display but where that fits in the overall team you're trying to think of the right thing to say to all of those players to both keep them on board to keep them motivated to give them a bit of guidance to, to keep them on the right path uh, meanwhile, you've got the backroom team as well, which, as we all know, numbers even in, in a relatively simple setup will number anywhere between 12 to 18 individuals, all of which are, are almost professional-like in their own field. You have to re- uh, both 
respect their expertise, bring on their opinions, make them feel valued, and yet somehow you have to collate all of those opinions into one collective a consistent message for the team uh, that you then you're communicating and all of this is against the highest of expectations from county board from sponsors from supporters from media from the keyboard warriors and hardly any of them have all the information that you're trying to cope with uh, meanwhile the managers themselves have their own lives their own families and everything else so it's a it's it's, it's an almost crazy situation uh, the current undercounty management fellow finds himself in uh, but it's, it's certainly a huge challenge and the, the rewards are massive if, if you can get a bit of success and, and you get some good times on the pitch absolutely special place to be but it, it's certainly a huge ask yeah, yeah, I'm just wondering, Enda, with all that pressure and what's going on, are we are we ruling out a lot of people now? And and, and you mentioned there about keyboard warriors, and, that, and there was a lot of stuff flying here against Declan Boner. And listen, I went for TV Brian McEnough last night, and I said to McEnough, you know, who is untouchable in terms of what he's put on the Donegal player and management. Next to him would be Declan Boner, but yet, as he finished up on the back of a poor season, there was all the stuff flying, and that's someone who's second, I'd say, in, in the history of Donegal for what they've put into the county. Do you find that then it's, it's hard to stomach, and are we are we are we pushing people away from a, a, a someone that could actually help the county, thinking that's not worth it? Well, yeah, absolutely, because you've you've got really really talented, uh, great people out there, but if they've any iota of sense or normalness about them, they'll they'll not be fit they'll not have the thick skin that you would need like walking down a street you could get lambasted by three or four different people all of whom are telling you you're wrong in three or four different directions yes. so there's no possible way that all three or four are yeah. correct yes. if you know what I mean multiply that out to county to national media to everything else and and understand that you like as you know you're judging on training but it's a human player that you're judging like even ourselves as players with the best of intentions you never reach a consistent level of performance so you can't be guaranteed what you're going to produce on any given day multiply that by 15 multiply that by the tactical differences that might happen change up the referee one day change in a wee bit of luck subtract a wee bit of luck and suddenly your decision that you have spent hours and hours and hours mulling over in your head trying to look at that from every possible angle reviewing every bit of video work you have every stat you have everything and go to game day and it might be the perfect decision on paper and if you could give an hour to debate the merits of it you could convince a room full of people that your decision was right it turns out like nothing and you're hung, drawn and quartered for what looks like a crazy decision. Yeah. Uh, so the the captain hindsight and as all managers do, you look at your own decisions and you realise geez afterwards but it's only, you, you can understand the logic of your decision going into it but it's very hard to defend against the captain hindsights that are out there after a game. Uh, so again, yes. it's, it's a tough place to be but look, it does allow you, the, the, the privilege of it is it allows you to work with the best footballers in the county it allows you they, them players should be fully committed so you've got a group of players that are fully committed and you're able to start looking at the game at a deeper level you're able to start analysing the game and you have enough men good men around you so that's a really privileged position too I'm, I'm not saying it's by far, far and away it's not the worst place in the world it's a very privileged place to be but it's certainly got massive pressures you're asking are, 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 is the nature of the job now turning people away absolutely like there's only certain people in certain professions at a certain time of life and certain personalities that it will now suit. And there's a huge number of people that have so much to offer the game and so much wisdom 
that it, that that isn't going to suit. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And listen, you've taken up a different seat now. We've been watching you in the Sunday game. Is, is, obviously, me and yourself done games and analysis with with Radio Ulster there down down through the years. Now it's something I think comes comes easy to you. Has, has the management side of things now? Is it giving you a different kind of take on on how you view them? And I suppose that's a, a plus point now. The fact you're sitting in the Sunday game that you've not only obviously played and been at the top level, you've you've coached now. I mean, club and county uh, obviously gives you an extra, I suppose, element. To, to your analysis when you're doing it now? I, I, I don't know if I can turn up the board anymore. <laughs> that would be my fear. Yeah. It certainly gives you an appreciation that what you're seeing on game day and something that might be working or might not be working, it definitely, definitely isn't going to be just a simply stupid decision by some manager or some disastrous thing by some player. It, it's always more convoluted like that I think it, it gives you huge respect for the people involved and it leaves you less likely to jump to a really dramatic black and white conclusion and it probably means you'll you'll be less entertaining than that but for, for me the game is a game of shades of grey managers decisions are shades of grey there is multiple ways to look at multiple games and it's very rarely the tabloid he- heading that is correct it's very rarely the easy go to line of analysis afterwards that is actually true to form like and I learned that and you would have been the same Brendan when you played in your own games and you were privy to the in-house team meetings and the actual tactics and the actual layout and the actual approach to the game and you played in the game often the two things didn't really match up and then you heard the people trying to read and interpret that game afterwards and they were reading into things that were nowhere near there and I'm very much aware of that because I've seen it all the time but thrown during the years the team I played on You'd come home, you'd watch the analysis of it afterwards, and they'd be seeing things that never in a million years were we trying to do, but somehow we were getting compliments for this being a, an yes. amazing sort of pre-thought yes. out move, yes. and it was nothing of the sort. You know, so uh, yeah. look, I enjoy the wee bit of media work simply because, it, again, it, it offers you that chance to think deeply about the game, and it's a privileged position, but it's certainly not one that I'm, I'm trying to make a, a career of by any stretch. I'll, I'll do it and enjoy doing it. it gets me out of the house yes, it, 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 it gets me going to football and, and, and thinking about it uh, but I'll, I'll try to avoid being too harsh on any players in management because I just I, I just don't buy into that Aye. Oh, it's not just dying at the end one of the nicest men you can meet in football before you go give me a, give me a winner in the throne championship there Carrick Moore strong luck you, you could pick any one of uh, any one of ten but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll back my own club and Good man that I don't that, I hear that sensible stuff here at the beginning uh, as ever great talk yeah, thanks I know you're busy there great to catch up uh, and I shall speak to you uh, as time goes on absolutely take care all man. the best all the best yes at the beginning there great to catch up with him squeezing that in at the end there listen I could have talked a lot longer at the end uh, I want to thank him for his input and of course earlier Ryan Fair the Donegal News Brendan Coyne our own Brendan Coyne here at Highland Radio uh, stay tuned for the one and only Jimmy Stafford and Paul McDevitt the Monday night sessions they'll get the place rocking shortly uh, take it away lads The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letter Kenny serving food you'll love in Sarah's Kitchen